This is the show, Procrastination Pals. We talk about who's what, when's, why's, and how's. Two best friends with solid gold hearts. We record our thoughts, observations, and farts. I'll get around to the backing track later. Procrastination Pals. Yes, welcome to Procrastination Pals. I am your host, uh, the Miles Davis of Procrastination, Dan Morganti. I'm Josh. Yeah. <laughs> there's there no jazz in that. But I can't. Like, I can't do uh, trumpet. Good trumpet noise. I can. Yeah. No. <laughs> Doesn't your dad play the trumpet? He used to. He used to. Don't tell him that. Because <laughs> he can't anymore. It'll, it'll hurt him. <laughs> Radio. So, how's your week in procrastination been, Josh? Week's been um good. It's been pretty good. Been pretty positive. I've um doubled down on my um injury nerd time because I, I haven't yet been able to go back to work but now whilst I paint my war hammer figurines thank you my younger brother Taylor uh, for gifting those to me for Christmas I've been painting those and now watching uh, Critical Role D&D online at the same time nice yeah uh, I have been working a lot more, so I got a new job. Well, it's like my old job, but I guess it's a promotion. So now I'm full time uh, and I'm doing a lot of hours, doing like 60 hours a week. I think I'm going to have to go back. I don't know if that counts as procrastination. Well, okay. Um, I haven't been doing You've much work. You've been working your ass off. Yeah. That's what you <laughs> I've been there. I'm not, I haven't been doing much. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, uh, <laughs> just playing video games when I, when I have some time off. Um, as always, what's the video game this week? Uh, Void Bastards, which is like a ship crawler. It's got a really good story. It's done by an Australian studio, actually. Bless them. It's about a, a like a prison vessel that has re dehydrated um, prisoners, mm-hmm. and the prison vessel is unmanned. But there's an accident, and they need to rehydrate prisoners to salvage scrap from other ships that are nearby to get the prison ship running again. And it'll like commute your sentence, but it's like got this chipper. AI kind of reminiscent of um, 2001 Space Odyssey, yeah. Yep. And just being drink each other's pee. Yeah, <laughs> not quite that uh, gruesome, but it's like it's not that gruesome. Survival, baby. Uh, not gruesome. All right, not that gross. How about that? But sure. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's fun. It's like it's like a stealth kind of game where you're trying your hardest to get in and out without doing too much damage because ammo is really isn't is. is- an eight, really... eight bit? No, it's like a cartoon graphic. So it's like I think okay. the the style's called cell shaded. But I've been playing that. Um, yeah, and I went to a wedding, a cousin's wedding, on the weekend. Shalom. Uh, yes, thank you. Not not to you. Not to me <laughs> yeah, at all. Yeah. You're thinking of it. I'll take I'll take that. Yeah. Um, and this is the best story from the wedding. My sister was very drunk. Shout out Georgia. Shout out Georgia. Her name is Georgia Morganti. <laughs> yeah, look her up. She w- walked out to uh, someone that she'd met previously, didn't know that well though, rubbed her belly and said, congratulations. <sighs> she wasn't pregnant. fucking just did fat. not. Yeah. <laughs> she did not. <laughs> she did. Jesus. Apparently the, uh, the woman she did it to took it in her stride was... Uh, just like, oh, no, I had a kid a year ago. I just haven't lost the baby weight. Uh, like, you know. Haven't lost the baby weight, just lost the baby. Good good sport about it. Is oh, it like- <laughs> fucking hell. Okay, well, yeah, that sounds like Georgia to me. Yeah. How did Georgia react to it? 
Uh, she was, I don't know. I wasn't there, but she told the story the next day at the, at the breakfast table. We're all hung over and she's got her head Jesus. in her hand. She's like, and yesterday I, I told her that she looked pregnant and we we're all like, oh my God. Oh, and also Sam, my brother, shout out to Sam Morgani. Sam Morgani. Um, brought a, brought his clothes down there cause it was at the beach. We're staying in a beach house. Uh-huh. Put his pants on, went, they're too tight. He had gained weight during the pandemic and hadn't thought to check his pants. Super tight. Super tight. Did you split him? No, not quite. But uh, I don't think he did the top button up and just had the belt like kind of around him. We've been there. I messaged, one of my friends was there and I messaged him and said, can you do me a favor? And when you see Sam, the first thing you do, mention how tight (laughs) his pants are. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Because... He stole Just the bedroom. Just a typical Morgani wedding, right? He there. stole the bedroom. So we we were in a beach house. <laughs> we were in a beach house. Uh-huh. Before we were there, Mum was asking about the bedrooms, and I said dibs one with the queen bed because last time we got stiffed over me and my partner Lauren. Uh, got there, Sam and Kate had just taken the the queen bedroom. I was like, no, this is bullshit. Disrespected I, I dibs the it. dibs, and we had to put up with the single beds last time. And he was like, no, no. So I was like, ah, oh, fuck yeah, your pants are too tight, you wanker. And yeah, had a good time. Brotherly love, huh? Good, good time. That's all it's about. Yeah. Just, just really quickly before we get into what we want to talk about, but mm. um, foot and mouth, like real quick. So George's foot and mouth there is big, and it, like like it, it, it's a nigh cliche, but that kind of faux pas is well represented in a lot of things. Can you tell me your biggest foot and mouth? moment and i know you've had a few i've had a lot i fucking know you have unfortunately you're a toe sucker none of them are coming to mind do you no? have do you i'm I've sure got my biggest one. immediately yeah and i'm immediately hearing that story i have one it's probably for, i mean again many because because i'm thoughtless when i speak i'll get carried away and excited and just say something fucking stupid but uh high school team building exercise here i am as a uh, year 12 senior for our overseas listeners um, where we had to do a team building exercise with uh, kids aged from 18 down to 13 that's high school age right yeah ish around that yeah anyway so the 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 team building exercise was um, a human knot where you'd you had 20 kids all of them put their hands into the middle Pardon me. You have to grab each other's hands, just grab a random hand across the circle, and then try and figure out how to unknot yourselves. It's more just about being comfortable with physicality and being near each other and trusting each other and all those kind of things. Yep. But in my group, we all jump in, we all grab hands, and then there's one hand just floating on top of the group of handshakes in the center of the circle. And I thought, I was the like one of the eldest people there. It was supposed to be my role to to talk to these kids and be like, you know, this is about trusting each other. Let's have fun, yada yada. So I make a joke and say, very cleverly, "What if we got a uneven number of hands in here?" Ha 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 ha! Everybody laughs top down, whether it be a sympath- sympathy laugh or not. And then directly across the circle from me lifts a stump of the young 14-year-old girl who's either had her amputated, hand amputated or was born without and says, that'd be me. <laughs> and so I immediately 
Like my my my, <laughs> my my first thing at that moment is just to have my guts drop out of my asshole because I feel so fucking horrible. I've like I fucked this up so bad. I'm supposed to be here supporting people. Good support. And Good all support. of a sudden pointing out, oh, you've got half an arm. And then I turn to my right and there's Cornelius Mitchley. Another name for the past. Another Shout name out. for look the past. Look him name up. Out Cornel- yeah, look him up. I don't know where he is at now. But anyway, he's looking at me, biting his lip and laughing, looking at me like, you done fucked up. You done <laughs> fucked up bad. And me in that moment just going like, oh, how do I fix this? No idea. I just panicked, like go. Tried of... to give her a high five. No. <laughs> Fist bump the stump. Yeah. Close. <laughs> I let go of the hand I was held, holding, reached across, grabbed it by the stump and said, let's go. Let's play the game. Oh my God. It was the only way I could do it. I was like, I don't want you to be left out. No, like everyone's too awkward. I've fucking pointed out that you've got half an arm. <laughs> I'll just grab it. Let's play. But then the worst part was I had to be holding her by the... The, the forearm or the end arm that she had for yeah. the entire time. And I'm just like, I've just broken you in a little way. Yeah. It was horrible. That's probably my, my, my biggest stump in mouth moment. You know, foot, I've, foot, 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 mouth. I think that, uh, I think that you're probably blowing that out of proportion a bit. I'm sure that she's experienced that kind of thing before. Like it may not have been as big a deal to her as it was probably you're big, saying. Yeah, no, totally a bigger deal to me. But that's yeah. foot and mouth. Yeah, yeah. Like more often than not. Yeah. For your sister it was probably like she was like, oh you know, I'm I'm thinking, like, oh you know, rubbing the belly's probably <laughs> a step too far. Yeah. Don't touch people. <laughs> yeah, that's probably well, and here I am grabbing stumps. Yeah. But... <laughs> well with consent. Yeah, she didn't say yes. <laughs> She's like, oh shit, oh I panicked and I grabbed it. But she was good afterwards. I had a chat. <laughs> Oh, that's just yeah, about, how, what yeah. do I do now? Um, yeah, actually, I like the only one that comes to mind for me is that a couple of years ago, a supervisor at work, we were on the same train heading home, and he was talking about his kids, <laughs> and I was just like, "That sounds real fucking shitty, man." <laughs> like, talking about how his time's all taken up by his kids, <laughs> and I'm just like, that thing, I'm like, that sounds like the worst. I would, I would say once again, this is less of a foot and mouth and more of just. You being an asshole sometimes <laughs> unaware of being yeah. an asshole. That'd be foot and mouth. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. after he left, I was like, kind of took a weird turn. Why did he? <laughs> Why was he so quiet after? And I was like, oh, he probably didn't like that I said his life was shitty because of his two kids. <laughs> yeah, probably not. I wouldn't imagine so. Yeah. Uh, All right, pushing okay, on. Sorry, sorry, pushing. We've we've procrastinated enough with the start of this show. That's enough. Um, so this week we're talking about sci-fi and fantasy. We both enjoy uh, love. stories. Love it. I love I love sci-fi. Josh, I love fantasy. Yeah, not to say that I dislike fantasy or not that to you say that I dislike sci-fi. But yep. for today, that's weird. Go fuck yourself with that sci-fi shit. I didn't realize it's going to be a competition. Yeah, I... it is. That's exactly what it is. Come <laughs> okay. on, what are you talking about? All right. Well, good to spring this on me now. But uh, yeah, uh, we're basically talking about how we procrastinate with uh, our favorite genres of uh, storytelling in mind. Sci-fi. Josh's. Uh, fantasy, um, what would you say is the best fantasy books out there? Oh, shit. Um, all right. What are, what are your favorites? I was going to say, yeah, look, I'm no authority on it, but it's, it, it, it's certainly like the ones that I love and the ones that I've enjoyed as a kid. Um, first, first proper novel I read as, as a 12 year old was The Hobbit. And this came down from my uncle who was a massive fantasy fan and would have far 
better knowledge about the literature than I than I do. But it was the the first novel that that I read and I really loved. So um, from The Hobbit to Lord of the Rings, and this is pre pre film kind of stuff. I fucking loved it, and also uh, another cliche because I know they're both cliche now. But uh, Harry Potter, as a kid, there were, there were moments when I was growing up where I got into the books, think, uh, shout out Miss O'Coughlin, year, year four. Very liberal with the shout outs today. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah, okay. Let's give them out. Yeah, fair enough. Seek her out. Find her. Find her. Um, but then, like, she read the first couple of books and found, and it just sparked something in me. I was a very, I was a sad little kid. I enjoyed, like, the escapism of fantasy. Like just, and I think it's similar with sci-fi. It's just being able to remove yourself from reality. Um, and there was a time where, when I was young, my my two younger brothers were getting footy cards, and my dad would maybe once a week on his way home from work pick up footy cards for Taylor and James, and they were Harry Potter cards, and he'd bring them home for me. Nice. Yeah, and I was like, like this is a time that I was like, we didn't have enough room to fit. In, in the house as kids so I'm one of three brothers and an older sister Abby and I used to sh- share a room she got a period and mum's like nah f- get the fuck out of the room she's she's an adult now <laughs> I was like fair enough yeah. I don't want to be there anyway. save me. <laughs> yeah. yeah I didn't want to be part of that so I got moved to the study it was just like old school encyclopedias on a single top bunk with no bottom bunk underneath it just because it was the room in it me with a um, snitch Nightlight, reading Harry Potter books and getting all these things. So I, I fucking loved it. Yeah, right. And also, I was probably like half a foot from the ceiling, and I just had a poster of cartoon Harry Potter before the films. So I just, I just loved, um, like fantasy, the idea of of another world. Um, and then as I slowly grew up, there was a Raymond E. Feist did a uh, trilogy, maybe more. The one that I fir- the one that I first read was um, Talon of the Silver Hawk. Okay. And it was the first book that I read that was a bit sexy. Ah, uh, okay. And I was like, oh damn shit, okay, I can get into this now. Yeah, yeah, right. So you're a little bit older, jizzing presumably. Well, at jizzing age, I don't know. Well, I, I was in the family spa bath, just pressing myself up against the jet <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> All right, yeah, good, f- good fantasy. That's not a fantasy. <laughs> I was doing that. No, that's my fantasy. <laughs> yeah, watching me do it. Yeah, um, yeah, that's cool. So I, I didn't know this Silver Hawk one. What, what Silver Talon? Yeah. So yeah. Raymond E. Feist was one. Okay. So if you, I think to... there's another one, Color of the Wind, that I really enjoyed. Okay. I can't remember. It's been a long time. So if you had to recommend fantasy that may not be that may be undiscovered or underappreciated, what I would, would say be? look into Raymond E. Feist. Okay. So have you? Does he have a lot of books, or is it just he like does. He's a got couple? A, he's got a, a. I'd say he's got eleven books, and and I, I would also say that my my love of it um, isn't necessarily well educated. Hmm. It's just it appeals to me more than sci-fi for some reason. Do you have you ever read anything by Terry Pratchett? Because as fantasy goes, I do enjoy it from time to time. Uh, Terry Pratchett, I'm trying to make my way through all these books. He's written like forty books, but they're all in the same universe the same uh what's it called uh i can't remember what it's called same law same yeah like the it's um one planet but it's like a planet on the back of a a disc rotated by four giant elephants standing on the back of a cosmic turtle um which is called what discworld 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 novels yeah there we go yeah i can't believe i forgot that 
on the back of a disc. I was like, I haven't even read it, but is it Discworld? Yeah, it's Discworld. It yeah. It's Discworld. The Discworld novels. Um, yeah, no, so no I have not read them. But they're really good. They're my favorite novels. It's kind. Of, they're really witty. Like, um, they're almost comedy and uh, and fantasy together. And mm-hmm. uh, I think I like them so much because they're they're a comment on modern society as much as just like fantasy, pure like hardcore fantasy. That's like this. Here's a faraway land with different customs and different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, exotic animals and and things See, like that. I always that. thought Discworld was sci-fi, without without knowing about it, but possibly well, just through title. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, definitely fantasy. Like uh, one of the ribbit uh, ribbits wizards is uh he's like the main character frog wizard. Yeah, yeah right. but he's um there's so far I've I've like I'm reading them in order, which I've been told is not the correct way to do it, but I don't mind. I'm enjoying doing it that way. Um, in the uh, sorry, in the order that he's written them. Because there's books as he goes along, he sometimes introduces a new main character to a novel, uh, which is a different story on the Discworld. But sometimes those characters get repeating stories, and sometimes they'll be in succession. So we'll have one book written about like this rinse, rinsewid wizard, and then the next two books are about him, and then the fourth one is about someone else entirely, yeah. and then this rinsewind wizard shows up in another book can you say say that one time for me rinse wind wizard rinse wind wizard Very I, good. I really have to no, think yeah. about it you yeah. gotta think about it that's okay irish wristwatch yeah. but like his his first like introduction is he's a wizard that only knows one spell and he's not even sure what it is like he read a book where the spell jumped off the pages and imprinted itself in his mind and he and he's too scared to ever use it because he'll only get one use out of it and and no idea what the fuck it's gonna do yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i like he, that um so there's all that kind of stuff in there uh yeah like uh, and it's a reflection of society in general because there's um it comments on modern society and the the story is written or the prose is like address sometimes addresses the reader as if we're like sitting at home present. in the present society. Uh, so yeah, that, that's my favorite fantasy series. Okay. Um, so now moving on to yours. Mm, sci-fi. So, so, so let's start with the same thing. Which, which, which sci-fi stories, novels, lore, whatever it may be. Yeah. Which ones are your favorite and why? Um, I haven't read Stranger in a Strange Land for a long time, but uh, love it anyway. Yeah, love it. It's like five years old. Uh, sorry, I read it like five years ago. Um, I think it's Robert A. Heinlein, but that's a. It's like very sixty sci-fi. Like usually, I'm not into like the early sixty sci-fi, which is like uh, Danger Danger Will Robinson kind of living on Mars with the family. That's like a sure. sitcom on space where they're wearing like fish bowls on their head. <clears throat> um, but it's, uh, I just like the imagery in it. And that was more like an allegory for religion and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. And it's, about a, it's about a man who goes to Mars. There's aliens on Mars, but they're, the explanation I remember of the Martians is that they're like, they almost don't have physical bodies anymore. They're, um, yeah. And they're, they're very concerned with art. They've gone, their society's so advanced that they're, as their highest concern is about art, but they've got like um, abilities to like telekinesis, and and they send a human there or like a an envoy, and the the uh, spaceship crashes, but the 
a woman was pregnant when the spaceship landed or two people survived and they had a baby there and then they died and they and the Martians raised this young man, strange, the stranger in a strange land. And he ends up becoming like a Christ-like figure and it's a, a Christian allegory where at the end he um, people hate him but he, uh, he sacrifices himself to the crowd. And um, I just remember like not entirely getting the allegory but like, I feel smarter for having read this. <laughs> Every book I finish, I don't give a shit what it is. I was like, hey, I'm clever now. Yeah. Uh, and at the moment, I'm also reading The Expanse, which is like, I think the biggest thing in sci-fi at the moment. There's seven or eight books. I'm up to the seventh one, I think. Uh, and it's written by, oh, the the author is James S.A. Corey, but it's a, two, a pen name of two guys. And one of them was the uh, like assistant to George R. Martin, um, and it's written in a very similar style. There's mm-hmm. one main character throughout the entire series, and that's James Holden, and he's like this archetypal... Uh, ro- Actually, you know, I think of you when I think of this character, because he's like... Here we go. The description, his physical description is very much like you, um, but he's like a... Uh, right person for the right or right decision at the right time kind of guy. Like he's not a ends justify the means kind of guy. And that gets him into a lot of trouble But it's about. And also, um, I'm going to have to read this now. You know that? Yeah. Well, it's, um, it's, it's fucking fantastic. Like they're really easy to read. They're really entertaining, really well thought out, really intelligent, but, uh, like there's action in it as well. And, um, yeah, it's, so the expanse series is about a, uh, in the future, uh, the hu- humans have come into contact with the first alien life form, and it's what they call the proto-molecule, but it was found on an asteroid that was locked in Jupiter's orbit or like Saturn's orbit or something. And uh, this proto-molecule, proto-molecule, far out of them. It's like okay. Yeah. Um, it's the most advanced biological cell that they've ever seen before and they they'd start doing experiments on it and and stuff but they in the background there's all like foreground as well because part of the story is the there's the outer planet alliances which is the asteroid belt and like which the biggest rock in the asteroid belt is series s-e-c-e-r-e-s um and there's uh people who live out on the in this belt called or they're called belters but they're they were born in space so I think this is like accurate. If you're born in space, uh, you grow really elongated because the gravity doesn't compress your bones um, and they can't come you're down. You're calling me lanky, aren't you? Well, James Holden is an earther. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, an, he's an earther. Um, yeah. You're calling me a compressed lanky person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at you, you <laughs> belter looking motherfucker. <laughs> That'd be so good to confuse people. Yeah. Like, Listen here, you compressed belter. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like I'm just touching the surface of like the political intrigue that's going on it, but there's so there's Mars and Earth and there's like a tension between the two planets because Mars is terraforming and it doesn't have as many people. Like Earth has 20 billion people on it or something, and there, a lot of people are on basic, which is just universal income, but you can't really thrive on that. You can live and have a comfortable enough life, but um only certain people get jobs. So jobs are like really sought after on Earth, but on Mars there's not enough people to sustain the planet so people have like two jobs or you know everyone works all the time on Mars mm-hmm. so there's like this disconnect and Earth has a much larger they call it an a, like the space force 
it's a navy and uh but it's older and not as well equipped but mars has a smaller navy but it's much more advanced and they've got much better technology okay i'm gonna stop you yes. real quick yes because it's like your appreciation and your love of the story of this yeah is obvious yeah and this isn't a trailer for that fucking book okay i want to understand why why is why does stuff like that spark something in you why does that interest you more than something else because like like like, like I'll just quickly lead the way, like very briefly. But for for fantasy, the reason that like fantasy sort of appeals to me is because it's it's more about, and I think they are the same fucking thing. Mm. End of the day, sci-fi and fantasy are the same fucking thing. They're just how they look at like sub realities or different universes. Like the idea that any fantasy novel could be on an alien planet, and that's how they use it to get away with. Their law, that like just the ability to do what they do, is because it's just like caught in the infinite possibilities of the universe. Yeah, like there's there's no question that infinite monkeys on infinite typewriters will rewrite anything ever written by man is true. So the the idea that the universe is infinite, that within infinite possibility and infinite planets and ability for life, that there is one that literally will play out the fantasies of Lord of the Rings or anything that J.R. Tolkien could ever come up with is real somewhere, possibly. The only difference being that I think that sci-fi places itself within like a mathematical mind and, and it needs to be understood, whereas I feel like fantasy sort of moves over to a sometimes more um, loosely based and philosophical ideas. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, I think I really like sci-fi, especially this sci-fi, because it comments on modern society and like will take issues that we're having currently and blow them out uh, to, um, you know, this is what it may look like in the future. Like um, I was reading about Isaac Asimov, another uh, author that I like. He's written the Foundation series about um, a guy who basically creates a science that can predict the future in a l- large enough group, can't predict it for the individual, but for a large enough group. Um, and he was saying he, he was a, a professor before he was a writer or continued to be a professor at a university. And his, the foundation series is very much based on the ailments of society at the time. And he was very concerned with the collapse of society and how that would be brought about. And he was um, very critical of the cult of ignorance, which as you can see playing out in modern times. My time. life. Yeah, just modern times. You can see people who, facilitated by things like Facebook and like QAnon theories and things like that. Uh, and yeah, I, I love that, that those books, like they were written in the 60s or 70s or maybe earlier, maybe the 40s or whatever. And they're still relevant today or they're, commenting on how society is acting today and it's like you can almost see these cycles in human history of um you know we're we're becoming more advanced and then there's a a decline and then you know it's like this alternating uh of progress and and enlightenment um yeah i guess that's what i like about sci-fi it it comments on the issues of the day with uh in a futuristic setting because because i would think that my only argument would be that fantasy does the same things, 
but it removes itself from reality. So the idea being that any any political, social issues that are being dealt with now are the basis for any good fantasy novel or any good anything based within a fantasy genre is that they they handle with the same thing so that we can understand them but because it's labeled as fantasy and has no connection to the world that we live in it's suddenly shunt pu- pushed away to it's almost like sci- sci-fi people look look as a as a, okay this could be a far distant future whereas fantasy could be a far distant past and it's like because they haven't got the tech technology or the understanding of tech that that makes it fantasy it's like you know make it elven or dwarvish or human basis but it's because it's by you using like blacksmiths and yada 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 it's 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 seen as something from the past whereas with sci-fi because we suddenly bring in more advanced technology into it and advance on that even more it's like a far distance that far distant future so i feel like either way is that we're sitting in the middle of it. I mean, like they're handling with the same issues, the same, um, have the same points of conflict, but one is based like we go back and we look back at having nothing and it being simplistic and sci-fi is to look forward and be like, if we advance more technologically, handling the same fucking issues, but we're just looking for a distance from our certain point in time i agree man you're living in the past yeah i am bro. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah uh yeah uh yeah i totally agree with that hypothesis um yeah but i still like sci-fi there was more of a spell than a yeah. hypothesis but <laughs> sure i got you uh, i got it is there anything any fantasy books you've read that's like mm, this is not good plenty fucking plenty yeah right heaps uh, th- there's as much like no 80 percent shit yeah, it's like anything, just eighty percent shit. Like none, like I don't know if I've spoken about this on the podcast before, but I have my three chapter rule. Right, you definitely any have. Book, yep. Yeah, so I've heard it. Start a book, read three chapters, give it a chance, and then that's enough. You you gave it a fair fair whack. Yeah, yeah. But because of my like the sci fi thing, I don't think I've given sci fi as big of a chance mm. because there's been ones that probably ill-advised that I gave a crack I was like not good I'm not down on this yeah well that's like what I am looking forward to is the June movie Ooh. yeah uh, June mid-June to <laughs> my phone is in the loon so I read June one time when I was I think about 19 and Josh read the title and just re- repeated it take mid-June to my phone is in the loon and probably do that for like a good decade yeah, yeah, every time I mention it, as is right now. He hated it. Yeah, not if like, not because like I hated it at the time, but you just repeated it so much that it was irritated. Like, it was fucked. Yeah, it's 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 water torture. Yeah, it's all I'm doing. Just yeah, basically dri- dripping. Yeah, boring uh, a hole into your head. Uh, yeah, June has had a few adaptations to film and movies and the like, and the miniseries gets a uh, yeah pretty good. And the this night- does look dope. Yeah, the 1984 movie, apparently terrible. Uh, I I saw it. I didn't think it was all that hot, but yeah. Um, this new one looks like and they're, this they're new fucking one, taking it on. Denis Villeneuve. I don't know how to say his name. It's, he's French, isn't he? Denis Villeneuve. Who's this? Uh, the director. Oh, I don't know. Denis Villeneuve. It's, like, it's Dennis Villeneuve, if you say it. Oh, oh, Denis Villeneuve? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. 
Is that Denny Villain? Denny Villain. Yeah, and and the lead. Is that act- how you say it? Yeah, and, and the lead actor is Anthony Camelay. Yeah. Wait, are you saying? I know that his name's uh, Ch- <laughs> Chamlet. Huh? Chamlet. Oh no, Chamois. Chamnow. Uh, <laughs> Chamie. Chamie. He's made. Out, he's made out of that. Yeah. Okay, but <laughs> what I was, what this is leading to is a basically the like point I had. Have you ever seen the Sci-Fi Channel on like, Foxtel or you know, I whatever? Have. Yeah, I don't have it anymore, but I have. but I tr- like I would occasionally try to watch Sci-Fi series, and they were all garbage like the farscape i remember trying to watch that one time and i'm like ah this is i think it's just because it didn't have a huge mass appeal that it just didn't have enough funding to really get their ideas farscape scar stargate doctor who shit like that yeah i can't vibe with Mm. and i think that's the hardest thing but to be fair xena hercules all those fucking ones that were back on like after school fucking trash oh yeah you know what i mean like fucking trash and in the right hands could be something brilliant Mm. but it's just an understanding of what have you seen the there's a clip of hercules where the guy kevin sorbo uh that's herc that's herc okay didn't understand the script so there's a scene where he's like i can't believe they would do this to me disappointed and he read the his emotion that he was meant to portray, not the. <laughs> so he's, he's, I can't believe this. Do this to me. Disappointed. Brackets. Disappointed. Yeah. I can't. So, you know what? I can't believe this. <laughs> yeah, I know. So failed on two attempts. Didn't portray the emotion he was meant to, and also read the emotional. Uh, what do you call that? Prompt. I guess. Bless him. Yeah. Um, Son of a god. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they, what are you going to do about it? They were terrible. I remember loving him so much as kids and then watching a clip on it on YouTube and how shit the production values were. Oh, and all shot out in New Zealand. Yeah. So, like, because we got what? Lucy Lou? No, Lucy Lawless. Yeah. Sorry, Lucy Lou. Is she as, from as New Zena. Zealand? She's Kiwi, man. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. And I was reading the other day that, that was hot as that was fucking sick. Yeah. That, was, that was a bit of a sexual was, awakening for me. Like it was hot as fuck. Yeah, and especially because there's uh, homosexual undertones in Xena there with her mm-hmm. traveling companion uh, Gabrielle. I think her name was. Was the homosexual undertones in Herc? Oh, probably. Yeah, with him and Eolus just like doing Eolus. That, that was the guy's name. So they would they would they would always shake hands, but they'd grab the forearm, so they'd grab each other's forearm. And then just slowly grease it and just push back and yeah. forth. <laughs> let's jerk let's stop forearm. let's stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> We're alone in a van, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's just just to let everybody know. Yeah, just so everyone knows we're we're trying a new location and it is the back of a camper van. Uh, we're hoping that the enclosed area van. is better for the audio quality. Yeah, so I just wanted to say that I'm not a fan of poorly adapted sci-fi or poorly produced sci-fi. Nor am I. And, and I, I think this has probably been my difficulty with it, that I haven't had... The reason that I'm into fantasy is because of my uncle and because that he shared a passion for it, and that's where I loved it. But I do see like they're parallel to one another. Yeah. And I, I have no doubt like there have been moments that I've loved sci-fi. And I've loved where it's come from. And I look forward to fucking learning more about it, to be honest. Yeah. I'm looking forward to reading a few more fantasy. Although, I, you know, I do read a bit of fantasy from time to time. Like uh, Brent Weeks with the, the Knife Edge trilogy or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read that. It was the first one really good and the second one was okay. And then he had to answer too many questions in the third one. And, it, and he just didn't take his time with it and rushed a little bit, which was disappointing. Panic. Still a very good 
series. But at the same time... For a a debutante effort, I think it was. Yeah, totally. And look, modern, like anything modern, I'm keen on, but also I I look forward to uh, stepping back and reading the classics. I think that'll, that'll be my way into it. Like, like, and forgetting about, like, I want to push aside film and TV because it's not the thing that's going to get me interested because I'll be too upset with it. But um, within reading books that are classics, I, I got to go back and read Dune. Yeah. To begin with. Dune is, uh, has never been more relevant because of its uh, uh, environmental message. Take me down to is in the land. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> So last episode we were talking about doing SCPs, uh, which yeah, kind, of, kind of fits into this uh, sci-fi fantasy uh, aspect that we're going for. So um, would you like to start with your idea for your SCP? I wouldn't. I'd like you to kick it off. Okay. So I came up with uh, uh, this would be a Keter class. So there's Keter, Euclid, uh, Safe. Um, so Keter being potentially world-ending. Mm-hmm. Um, Euclid being just something that's uh, like a standalone thing that does a lot of damage, but it can't be explained, or mm-hmm. um, or an, an object that can't multiply, or whatever. But yeah, this my idea would be key to class. Uh, the containment would be uh, a warehouse disguised as an orchard, and uh, it's empty from top to bottom with a sing with the entity sitting in singly in the middle it can't move or uh anything um and no one is allowed contact with it uh except for studying um and studying has been uh, denied for the past however many years decades yeah so the item description is a large metallic looking a large metallic tree looking entity uh, that stands uh, eight feet tall without leaves, so it looks like a tree, or it looks like an apple tree. Middle with, of winter, without without tree, and it uh, has like a uh, m- metallic exterior, so it looks like almost sh- uh, polished steel or polished uh, um, chrome, and it grow. And every time biological matter comes into contact with it, it absorbs that biological matter. Uh, at a particular rate, so slowly over time, and grows and adds it to its mass and changes. It doesn't have any roots, so they did test to dig underneath it to see if it had any roots, um, and it didn't, um, but biological matter, so it would uh, sap all the nutrients from the ground or all the microorganisms and stuff, and that's how it got started. They believe it's come from space, like it's in a crater, uh, and, yeah, the it... Anytime someone touches it, their hand instantly, like if they were to do it with their bare hand, their hand would stick to it and they would slowly be absorbed into it. Uh, the process isn't painful. It's just terrifying because you're being, your body's being taken over basically and slowly, slowly they're absorbed into it. You can see like eventually their head presses up against and their head mm-hmm. is slowly torn apart and uh, redistributed and it adds to the mass. So, I was going to say that grows a branch? Yeah, it grows, grows a branch or um, so... Basically, this is keto because if it's left to its own devices, it will absorb just microorganisms, humans, trees, plant matter. So there's no other trees around it. It absorbed a lot of the other material around the area. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't dig into the ground. It's just it spreads what looks like roots across the ground, um, but doesn't have any 
desire or doesn't won't dig into the ground. Um, and yeah, and then there's logs of the first interaction with it. It was found by a farmer um, at blank on at redacted. Sorry, like so you wouldn't know where it where it is. And um, so that's my idea for a a tree, kind of like uh, nature, kind of getting back or like uh, developing. But it's yeah, it's come from outer space and it's like it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of it's doing a bad job of imitating a tree or like life but it absorbs all biological matter that it comes into contact with as well. Okay, quick question. Yes, go. So if, so the people that come in contact with it, are they going to be, what were they called? The um, D-class personnel. D-class personnel. So, so do people have to go into the orchid type space to interact with it or, at all? Or do they just contain it within that space? What do you mean? So, so, so it's it's just in like a large warehouse with not like it's say ten meters high, uh, thirty. It's disguised to look like an apple orchard mm-hmm. storage area, um, and yeah, that's how they f- came they came to know about it as well. Is that uh, the farmer's wife uh, reported her husband missing, and then um, she went missing, and then the cops came, and then they uh, SCP couple more went. Yeah, uh, got into it through that. Um, so is there any understanding of its purpose? Or? No. No, because no, it's an, an anomalous object. They don't know. I love it. Yeah. Um, I said alien, but it also could not be alien. Could it just come yep. from a different dimension? Or um, Yeah, so it's yeah in a warehouse. It's disguised to look like an apple orchard storage shed. Um, and there's like, there's offices and whatever, just an observation post in there. Mm-hmm. Um, they do tests on like the air and things like that. And over time, it's slowly growing because you, they can't eliminate all bacteria yep. in the air. So it's slowly getting bigger and bigger and oh, like growing okay. branches and stuff. That's scary. Very slowly. I, li- I like that. They've managed to slow the growth um, as much as they can. So it's minuscule, but given but, enough but time. germ by germ. Yeah. But growing, given enough time, it, it will just, it'll be huge and, and as of yet no no understanding of how to contain that growth or to well, it doesn't seem to be violent no well not in it's not not in, like, it, it doesn't have a, a intelligence it's, it's not aggressive yeah it's just doing well, what it's just go. doing what it what it does like it's not it grows yeah it eats it's it doesn't have any sentience into what it's doing it or okay. it doesn't appear to have sentience and yeah that's just very fucking patient yeah and like they've done tests with it, so they send in D class personnel, and they get D class personnel, and that's how they know that it like you stick to it straight away, and then eventually like you start to start start you start to metallicize and get sucked yeah. in. It's a, it's it's a fucking nice image. Like like in my mind, I've got like an oak tree with without any leaves, but like this like super vibrant metallic twisted yeah kind of burrs and like yeah, all yeah. of it, but then just alone on itself in a massive. Um, like a like a hanger, like yeah. an air hanger. Yeah. But that's twenty eight miles underground. You you know what I mean? Yeah. Like like whatever the SCP sort of um space is yeah. like. And they can't. And it also it's pretty. Uh, any like biological matter and metallic matter. So they've had trouble um shifting it because they can't. can't be they, they can't dig under it or yeah. Uh, can't go over it. Yeah. So they, they have, have to, to go just through contain it. it. Yeah. At the moment. Yeah. So what's your what's your SCP? What have I got? Mine uh mine's not as epic as that. I do feel like it was um 
uh, kind of inspired by us okay. and, yeah. and by the podcast itself. What I've written out about it, I will read, but then we'll explore what it means. Uh, so it's SCP-8008-135, codename edit, item number SCP-8008-135. Special containment procedures are item SCP-8008-135 is to be kept in locked, uh, is, is to be kept in a locked, uh, fuck, all right, is to be kept locked in the second drawer of a four-drawer lockable steel file cabinet. Item must be stored alone in said drawer and unlabeled. Item must be taken from the drawer by disgruntled D-class personnel, read and replaced into the same drawer at fortnightly. (laughs) As taken from the drawer, the D-class personnel must be disgruntled or have had something taken from them within that week. As you read the file, as you take it out, those, those... personnel members that aren't disgruntled or of not of that level um, will only see a black smudge on a page within the file and immediately must put it back. It cannot be read. So there's no moment that if you were to give this file to someone else, like right now, you would have to learn the script. So to, to be able to pass it forward from, from higher SCP personnel to personnel, you would have to learn it um, verbatim and pass it on to other people. Um, because if you take out that file and you are disgruntled or you are not prepared or you were just simply attempting to read about edit, then you will see nothing but either um, redacted information and the single letters left will read out a threatening message to you or as we sent in a D-class personnel who had missed out on a Japanese luncheon, he read a um, just purely a recipe for a sobu um, salad. So, it, so basically it is that if you go to read any file written upon edit, that you will either read exactly what you want and it will only give you things to do something that you shouldn't be doing, or you will get completely redacted pages that read a threatening message and either one you will believe and will heighten your desire to do whatever it is my god that is very well thought out that's that's a good one i like it yeah i like it so so it can't be written can't be read has to be has to be kept in a file in a filing cabinet again what was it second drawer down in a lockable file cabinet it has to be taken out and seen seen to be read or believed to be read for the entity but put back in without harm so that's why you need so people of either who are on death row as d-class or who literally have just missed lunch and are fucking hungry need to go in and read it and it will just read a recipe for whatever they're hungry for it like just starve them of sex they will go in it'll just be a smutty story yeah right. and whatever it may be or if we send anyone higher up that is aware of its presence it will be a fully redacted page and if you flip it and flip it and flip it and flip it it will just continue to tell you exactly what you want to hear and keep you there and stop you from going back to your job ah. procrastination pals <laughs> yes that's uh, a good one that is all right i'm trapped that that's uh very clever of you 
I must say. <laughs> not in a demeaning way, like not in a sarcastic way, but I like that's a clever way to, to think about it and to weave in the magic of podcasting yeah, or this that. podcast. Here we are. Yeah, keep more flipping us is all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's really good. So with the... How was it discovered? How was it? Did it show up in the uh, in SCP hands uh, in <clears throat> so their hands one day? Or? So literally, I figured it was like a um, call it like a like a mass Wall Street suicide, or like 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 a single office block somewhere in the world where you know like wherever there's there's a high danger of suicide within money or business or whatever. Set it on a single floor, and then one day someone filed something. They can, and then everyone that went to that file eventually ended up just jumping out of the twenty eighth story of this building, yeah, and right. it just destroyed everybody on that floor. Either they sat there, starved to death, sat there, try, like jerking off or, or doing whatever the fuck it was that they wanted to do that day. But if they couldn't find it, and if they were slightly too intelligent, they just had redactions and were trying to do their work and too too convinced on trying to complete the task at hand and just had redactions 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 and then eventually lost their mind and just jumped out the window oh my god yeah right that's a all right that's a good orange and story i like this one yeah. yeah um with the with the threatening message what's sorry what's the threatening message part how do you, how do you Get well, that, the threatening message. That changes from individual to individual. Ah, okay. Where it, it, it will literally seem as though you have a full page of redactions and you might have a single letter per line and say it's a 28 line, whatever it may be, and then it will spell out whatever is your fear. Whatever you don't want to hear or whatever you're worried about, it will spell that out in different ways. And you'll flip full page of redactions and you believe it's a new page it, they, they think the shining um all work and no play oh okay yeah but you just keep flipping and flipping and flipping and it just keeps telling you but you think you're going through a book that you've never seen before and it keeps telling you your greatest fears yeah okay. and it keeps telling you what you're trying to work towards is never gonna fucking happen yeah okay and it just hits that point and hits that point until you snap and either you Jump out the window, or you just lose your mind, and okay. we we take you down, put you in a cell. Yeah, that is yeah, that's a very well constructed SCP. I would. Thank you. I made up half of that just now. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just so you know, from from when you said, <coughs> when did they find it? All made up. Ah, okay, that's good. cool. But I think it's working out. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's very that's good. That's the point. Uh, Maybe if you don't procrastinate, you can put that on SCP and see how it goes, because I think that's better than my one. I doubt it'll happen. I'll jump out the window. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, this wouldn't be procrastination pals without a bit of procrastination. But yeah, I think we've uh, we've come to the end of our show anyway with the the more superior SCP story. <laughs> I mean, no, I don't believe that either. No, mine's mine's good. No. It's not. That's not that good. No, it's no. Very, I think it's more clever. All right. Um, yeah, this has been procrastination da- pals. I'm Dan. I'm Josh. Uh, thanks for listening. Make sure you get back to what you need to do. And uh, we'll be here next time. Subscribe to the podcast, actually. We're, we're up and running, so Yeah, subscribe. we're brand new. Let's yeah. go. Fuck so, yeah, we're official. Subscribe. Thank you.